other than all the major flaws we talked about, it was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs>
today that we were not fans of Riva. And I want to point out that that's not true. We are fans of Riva. We are not fans of the way that she's written and and not portrayed. The way that she's written and portrayed. Well, we already discussed how Moses Ingram's probably isn't the best fit for villain type character. Exactly. Uh, and that was we were talking about her being out outacted by a ten year old during the interrogation. Oh, I still feel bad about that one. Like I feel like we need to apologize. <laughs> kind of, but at the same time, I don't... <laughs> we're not wrong. Anyway, the truth um... hurts sometimes. <laughs> it's Ouch. and when we hear the hurtful truth, that's how we grow as people. Oh, I need a minute from that one. Anyway, um, yeah, Kenobi. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, as we talked about the last couple episodes, Reva's just, as the show goes on, her character gets worse. And I feel like this episode is, we get like big reveals and then we also get like big, like, I don't know why she's the only Inquisitor that has, uh, that Darth Vader gave plot armor to. Um, because you'd think that would be an, a useful thing for all Inquisitors to have, but she has some of the most effective plot armor I've ever seen in any fiction. Well, arguably the Grand Inquisitor and uh, Fifth Brother have the strongest plot armor, which is they are canonically still alive after the show ends. So That's valid, but like, Reva survived a, a lightsaber stab to the stomach as a child. Then again, as an adult, that's this true. is the same wound that fatally killed. That's redundant. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have People problems. People bring this up all the time. But I want to point out that it is an esta- It's a very well-established fact and an accepted fact within the Star Wars canon that the dark side can keep you alive after an otherwise fatal blow because of your hatred, your anger, your fear, or some other... Why doesn't the light side have equivalent power? It it does in numbers. There are a million light side users and only a handful of dark side users. This is what people like to refer to as quote-unquote... Balance. <laughs> if you couldn't feel the air quotes in that word, um, Stephen gave some like very hardcore air quotes with a yeah. But uh, like, that's like okay, one of the okay. Main... Once again, you have used canon to explain away my opinion, and this is fine. I'm fine with this. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> There should be times for like impactful storytelling that a dark side user should just die and stay dead. Also, Anakin Skywalker should know better than most, if not all people, how to kill someone in one hit. How to survive fatal blows. Remember what he was screaming when he was on fire? Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. The dark side will keep you alive yeah. when you hate enough. So why wouldn't he, you know, chop off her head? Chopper in half. Chopper in half vertically. Because I know all of you imagined it horizontally when I said it. Yeah. Chop him in half 
at the diagonally waist. like a sandwich. Yeah. Can you, out of curiosity, can you name any dark side users who survived that level of maiming? Anakin. Okay. Darth Maul. Okay. Palpatine. He never got maimed by a lightsaber. Okay. I mean, he burnt his face with his uh, own lightning. Mace Windu. I don't think losing your hand is the same as losing the lower half of your body. He got thrown off a, like... And died. 70... Oh. <sighs> Actually, I think... Are you making me so sad today, Steven? <laughs> okay, okay. We're not here to talk about Mace Windu's hand. We're here to talk about episode five. <laughs> I don't know why, but when you said Mace Windu's hand, that made me just die laughing. I don't know why. Um, you know, Mace Windu's hand is funny. <laughs> Filtered myself there for a second. Anyway, mm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's a pretty good show I've got to go. Okay. <laughs> Oh, God, we're losing it. I don't think I've actually heard anyone make that joke. Reel it in. Steven, help me. You got to bring me well, in. Well, I guess, okay, so the episode starts out with a flashback. So a what did, flashback. What did you think of, like, if you took all the bits and pieces of the flashback and put them all together, what do you think of the flashback? I I really liked it. It was a, it was a chance to see um, Hayden Christensen be Anakin Skywalker, like old Anakin Skywalker, and do it well. It was a chance to see, like, just some more Clone Wars era stuff, which I always love. Now, was do you think the flashback was during the Clone Wars or prior to? I don't remember paying close enough attention to see if he had his scar oh, or not. Oh, definitely, probably prior. You so know, I, I got the impression... Just because of the haircut. Yeah. The ponytail. He, he hit the yeah, and he it was the shorter. He didn't have like the the long dreamy locks. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh nice seeing a cool like good uh lightsaber fight. Seeing Obi Wan outsmart his Padawan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a a, a lesson. It was well taught to Anakin. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell if Obi-Wan was letting him win. or if I don't think he was. Or if it was a, a, a genuine disarm, disarmament of Kenobi, kind of beat him down. And then Kenobi, being the strategist that he is, turns it to his advantage. And then turns that into a lesson for Anakin. I mean, Kenobi has a, a history of turning being unarmed into an advantage. He does. Q... Um, General Grievous's heartburn. Fair fatal point. Fatal heartburn. Yeah. A lightsaber to the, no wait a laser to the chest <laughs> will do that for you. Yeah. Um, if only he had sci-fi tums. If only he had a better design on his chassis. Didn't yeah, they didn't just like expose his internal organs. <laughs> yeah, and his. Vital I guess they were they were technically external organs. Kind of. They were definitely open to the air. Anyway, um, yeah, I really liked it. Like I said, loved seeing Hayden Christensen back to Hayden Skywalker. 
Anakin Skywalker. I'm an idiot. One of the things about this episode that just disappointed me was what it did with uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character. He was a babysitter. He wasn't even that. He was there almost entirely for comedic effect. Well, he's a stand-up comedian by trade, so... I, I am aware. But he's much more capable as an actor than just... He makes the one joke in the episode. Yeah, but also, I'm okay with this because he's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that, but the issue I find with it is it makes it feel like the only reason he's there that it's Kumail Nanjiani is just for the star power, the draw that, oh, people like Kumail Nanjiani, they know he's in this, so they'll watch it, and our ratings will go up. And Well, that's good business. Yeah, but they can include more than just oh, two jokes in the episode and then give him one serious line towards the end. I don't know. It, just, it makes me yeah, think Yeah, it was that crazy when he said... May the force be with you. Then he was like, if you stop your training now, though, I was trying to make a joke about him doing a, a famous line of someone else's and none came to mind. <laughs> except may the force be with you, which everyone says. Everyone says that. Anyway, god damn it, continue. Anything else to add for the flashback? What are your thoughts? I, I feel like I talked a lot. I Well, like I said, I liked it. I thought it was a good chance to... Uh, you know, show the uh, the lesson being taught to Anakin, and then you know it. Anakin is they're, they're juxtaposing the lesson he learned with how events are playing out. Once he, sh especially once we get to the part where he arrives on Jabim, right before he starts to have his duel with uh, third sister with Riva. And it really seemed to me like he had taken the lesson that was taught and was now using it, but not in the way intended. Yeah. Because yeah. now it was like he, in the past, would have been brash enough that he wouldn't have seen Third Sister coming. And he would have been taken by surprise. But now because of this lesson by Obi-Wan, it enabled him to completely see through Riva and play her like a fiddle the whole time. And I, I liked that. I liked that idea that he was taking this lesson and turning it to evil purpose. Cause I think it adds to his persona as a villain. Yeah. He is a villain. Um, yeah, his, I've loved every second of Darth Vader on screen in this. I really hope we get more of Vader. I was like, there's not really much more you can do with Kenobi. Yeah. But Vader, there's a lot of story to be told in between the Clone Wars and A New Hope. And I would love to see more of that. I would too. Uh, when Starkiller gets his show, we'll probably see more. We'll see more of that. I won't burst your bubble. Like, he can't be called Starkiller because they already used that. But why would they use that of all things? Because the planet sucks stars, thus killing them. 
It's a very original name. No <laughs> He got it for the best game ever. These are real tears. Okay, so when we get to the shot where uh, they have the the lightsabers in the box. Yeah. Did you pause? Yes. So did I. And? None of them were important. No. I, I was half expecting them all to be like the the Galaxy's Edge lightsabers that you build. Basically all the lightsabers from Fallen um, Order. Do you know how many different variations you can make from not a lot. The lightsaber like four or five. Each like each build has like two different each build each like set can make two lightsabers and you can mix and match the pieces within the set. Yeah, cuz also from the that might be the lightsabers you can buy from the gift shop. But from like the the workshop that's like the role play experience where you have the guy mm-hmm. explaining yes. the lore. That one it's my understanding is there's like two or three pommel selection, two or three different hilts, a handful of emitters and then like a hilt sheath. No, yeah. So there's 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 like four or five different sets and then when you go in they give you your set and your set has two pommels two hilt two emitters oh two uh four hilt pieces and you choose two of them and then like the crystal and stuff oh have you seen the videos of how it how it goes down only once they're actually sitting inside and they've got like their tray of stuff did you pay attention and notice the two sets of things like I just described? No, not that closely. Cool. Why do we have a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> Why did we do an episode about lightsabers? You don't know anything. I'm sorry. Well, we didn't even talk about any lightsabers for Rebels, so I can't talk either. Sorry, unnamed listener. Are you referencing Washington? Oh, no. I was referencing the... Oh, the other guy. Yeah. He who does oh, not want to be should, named. Should we mention? I mean, you've already said it. We can cut that out, or we can just go for it. I think you should. I don't know. I kind of want to go for it. Me too. All right. So listen, guys. We've got a lot of our listens are from people we know, but there's somebody amazing. Somebody listening to our podcast from Washington State, and the great thing is, we don't know anyone in Washington State. And if you're listening to this episode, you know who you are. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can you reach us at the email on Podbean if that's where you're listening, because we can't tell where specifically you're listening to the podcast. But yeah, reach out. I'll uh, I'll plug our the email and such at the end of the episode. And yeah, we'd love to we'd love to get in touch and just kind of get some feedback, see what you think, and also say hi. Say hi. Hi. There it is. We did it. Hello there. Anyway, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you were... Lightsabers. Is that what we were talking about? Yes. Yeah, the lightsabers. The box of lightsabers. Yeah, the there box were... <laughs> well, well, They we... were just random lightsabers. We got really off topic. Uh, yeah, they were just random lightsabers. Uh, I didn't notice. I didn't recognize any, but I also... I haven't watched any of the breakdowns I normally watch, and so... I'm wondering if maybe there was an Easter egg in there, but... There uh, apparently there isn't. I haven't been watching any of the breakdowns from other content creators, but is that what we are, Stephen? Yes, we're not successful ones. Oh, <laughs> but Ayo. that's what we are. Um, though I, I did like I I tried to look up all the like the big names that people would know or names that have been dropped in the show already. Yeah. 
none of those lightsabers belong to any of them. Then I did go and look it up, and they are apparently just random lightsabers. So uh, stupid. But the Arobesh written on the wall that Kenobi looks at and reads, that's not random. And it I never actually is. Had, yeah, I had to write it down because a lot of it's like EU stuff from the old comics. So there are. Are you going to plug wherever you got this? Because we can't take credit for this. We're not taking credit. I already said I didn't. I just looked this up. I don't remember. It was some one of those Screen Rant article type things or it was something. Uh, like ABR or something. CBR. Yeah. CBR. Anyway, that? shout out to wherever Steven got this information. Sorry. But if you translate the Arobesh, you have... Like someone else did. Yes. You have five names. You have... Ekria, which is Ayala Sakura's apprentice. And th- these are from like old books and comics from like the 90s uh, and early 2000s. So Ekria, Ayala's <laughs> apprentice. You have Drake Logan, which was the apprentice of a Jedi named Roran Karab. I, I don't know who. This is a Jedi I have never heard of. You have Jin Altus, who was a Jedi Master that created a splinter sect of the Jedi because his biggest gripe with the Jedi was he didn't like that they didn't allow romantic relationships. Oh, so he was horny. Yeah, so he created a, uh, he created a, a splinter group of Jedi where they were allowed to have relationships. And for the most part, he was just seen as kind of like the kooky, crazy guy kind of outcast of the order but he was he but he wasn't he left the order i think on his own to create his own jedi love and friendship order (laughs) but he wasn't like outright reviled or anything by the jedi for his views yep then we have another jedi who is named corwin shelvey who's a jedi during the clone wars then he joined the rebel alliance and he fought for the rebels, and then he joined Luke in starting up and training Luke's new Jedi Order. And then the last name of like important, there were a couple initials that could be other things, but then you have the last name, which this one's interesting. You have Roganda Ismarin. Roganda Ismarin is from. She was a Jedi, and she was from the books Children of the Jedi. She became Palpatine's consort and bore children for him. She also became one of his shadow hands. Uh, And then she eventually turned against Palpatine, I think, to try and protect her kids because they they ended up getting marked for assassination because, you know, it's Palpatine. Uh, And then she ends up dying. But I thought it was interesting that this is an... Because I haven't read... Children of the Empire. So I didn't know who this was. I thought it was interesting that she was uh, a Jedi who willingly chose later to join Palpatine, probably after torture, and had his kids. I just, I don't know if these are Easter eggs that are just there for fun or if they're hints of what they're planning to canonize later on. So we'll see. Was there any part of the episode that really stuck out to you? I mean, Darth Vader's lightsaber stuck out of Reva. That was Reva's lightsaber. After, um, I really liked Darth Vader and Reva's fight. Uh, 
it like it just fun. showing how powerful Darth Vader is. Oh, you we've compl- you complained about this re- earlier. I did pay specific attention to the hangar and whether or not there were two ships. Yeah, I when did they too. go to land, there is a second ship. I did yes, a second identical ship. Yes, sitting in the hangar, and the hangar is very obviously. Plenty big for both ships. I also paid very close attention to this on my second watch through. You can clearly see it when the ship first lands at the yep. beginning of the episode. But I also noticed, and this was this threw me for a loop because I noticed during the 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 scene leading up to like when the ship takes off and Vader's like trying to pull it down. I was paying attention to what was in. And it was really difficult to see the second ship in the background. And you can kind of see it, but I maybe it was just like, I guess, a perspective thing. Or maybe they didn't scale it right or something, but it really didn't look like a ship. It looked like it was something in the very back up against the wall of the hangar, like a control room or something. Maybe that was intentional. So... It was very difficult to tell. So during that scene, I was like, there isn't a second ship in this hangar. It's not there. And then it's clearly there and big and visible. (coughs) Once he rips the side off the ship and you can see through it through the window and you see it take off. But then I went back and I watched that first like five minutes and you can clearly see it sitting there in the hangar. It's even in the right position at the right angle for when it takes off. So it's like, oh, it is there. And the hangar is definitely big enough for both of them because you, as you watch it, as you watch the ship lower down into it, you can see. Because at first I was like, it, it, there's, this hangar looks like it's a one-car garage for that one ship. But then as the ship starts to land into it, you can see that it is big enough. It's a two-car garage at least. So, yeah, I was also I was wrong on that. I'm going to clip that. That's going to be a ringtone for you. I was wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's the only time you'll ever hear it, which is never, because I'll never text you again. This is the end of Always Two There Are, Star Wars Discussion Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if I use that for the cold open, that'll be the third time I've used that bit for a cold <laughs> open. So then don't use it. It'll be hilarious when I use it. What did you think of Leia in this episode? Yeah. Took her way too long to find Lola. Kind of. Like, she kind of, like, she got in there. She's like, ooh, wires. And then, like, moved two wires and was, like, looking around. Like, I wonder what's behind this one wire. I wonder what's behind this other one wire. Instead of, like, reaching her hands in there and being like, what's going on? I don't know. It was, it was rough. I, I so in the, the 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 rewatch I asked myself like when did Leia learn how to flip breakers and a reset breakers and it made me think of like the so that like there's no problem with having Leia do it it makes sense she's the one who can fit through the vent to get into that room but it made me think, uh, like, the, the, the solution is so simple, and I thought of Stranger Things in Season 3 when Erica is sneaking into the secret room at the mall. She was on a radio with Dustin, 
who was sitting in like the food court with a map telling her what directions to turn through the vents and like that's all they needed for leia was the uh, uh roken on a comm device with leia telling her what to what buttons to flip and what to look for because otherwise i was just sitting there like how did she learn to reset breakers let alone this specific model of breaker and do all the wiring because she's a princess and is 10 years old when would she have learned all that stuff she's a rebellious princess she is who may have been tripping breakers back in alderaan that's a little bit of a stretch i think uh, i don't know uh, i i'm not smart enough for that to be a problem for me i don't know it was just something i thought could be easily handled that wouldn't have taken any extra screen time yeah uh just an extra few lines of dialogue and that's about it but otherwise i, I enjoyed her character for this episode i mean no, like it was she took a back seat in this episode yeah it, it wasn't really it, this was more of a obi-wan and reva episode yeah not a leia episode but yeah i mean i thought she was all right i think that this the best this episode got better as it went on like obi-wan and reva's conversation at the beginning while like revealing and cool was i don't know meh right um the like the stormtroopers storming the hey look at that okay storming the bunker they are i i think people overdo the meme of stormtroopers are bad shots a little too much in, like in the movies you mean in just star wars in general yeah because like the they like are in the same room as the as the rebels and they're like retreat retreat and they're just running and no one dies I, yeah you had you literally had a wall of stormtroopers like shoulder to shoulder and they were all firing from the shoulder with yeah. their blasters and they couldn't hit a single rebel i mean something would have died from that just density of blaster shots whether they were good aims or not yeah and like it was rough it was hard to watch that one rebel off screen got grazed on the shoulder yeah it was uh it was interesting for sure i i noticed yeah, the purge the whole... trooper was taken out way more easily in this show than it than they are in the game oh yeah i didn't <laughs> even obi-wan Obi took them out that. in one hit and i remember the game they were uh they were hard. They're like mini bosses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really pay attention. I, I don't know. The whole storming the bunker was just meh. Like, Tala dying was kind of okay. I actually thought her death was a good death. It was very, very cliche and, ex and was. Like predictable. But when I say a good death, I mean... Um... I think her character of all the characters that could die, I think hers was a a good one. To yeah, choose. as opposed to Wade. Who? Wade. Oh. <laughs> Real world transplant Wade. <laughs> yeah. Broken Obi Wan Kenobi Tala Wade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Haja Leia Bale. Wade. Leia is a normal name. Wade. 
Man, you're really stuck on the name Wade. I don't know, man. I'm I again I mean I agree. Bro, what you. if what if Mr. Washington's name is Wade? <laughs> I'm gonna feel so bad. Oh my goodness. But, I wanna I wanna talk more about the about Darth Vader in this episode. Oh, one last thing. Dang it. When Tala died, when she was explaining the notches on her holster, did she take off her holster and give it to Kenobi? Or did she keep it with her and have it on her when she died? It was probably on her when she died. Because Leia ends up wearing it at the end of episode six. Yep. And I saw that. I was like, wait a second. Didn't that get blown up with Tala? Plot armor, man. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Darth Vader. Okay, do you remember me saying that I thought his fight before he took the lightsaber from Reva was too like martial artsy? I do remember you saying that. I still don't agree. Well, I don't agree anymore. Because when I went back and watched it, it, it wasn't nearly as martial artsy as I had first, as my first impression. No, it's it's so cool. It shows how powerful he is. It's like when she like goes to swing the first time, and he's just like no, and uses his hand. It's like whoa, and then he just does a whole fight without even like touching the lightsaber. He never draws his lightsaber the entire time. He takes hers, right. breaks it in half, or unhinges it, or whatever throws half of it to her and is like, all right, come on, let's do this for real. And then just absolutely destroy. Oh, it's so it, good. It was, it was a good fight. There was one move where it was a little, like, martial arty, but it wasn't the whole, like, I'm, first part of the fight. I am liking Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Me too. I his, think he like does his, a good his job His fighting is, is good. Is he better than David Prose? Is that the old guy that used to do it? It was the original. I would say so, yeah. I think lightsaber fights in the original trilogy were fairly lackluster. Okay. The lightsaber fighting aside, just how Vader carries himself, his presence in he's the a, room. I feel like he's more menacing in this show. Yeah. The, I think the only thing David Prose has on Hayden Christensen is that he was a bodybuilder. So he had the huge, massive broad shoulders, the big chest, and he was like... Six seven or something, he was tall dude, which is why they chose him. But I think, other than that, Hayden Christensen carries himself way better. Yeah, he has he has the walk and the sway. Hayden Christensen is Anakin Skywalker. Whether yeah. you like it or not, he is. And is he the voice as well, or is that a uh, uh, Tom Latner? I think that's his first name, the voice actor. It's. It's not Tom. I think it's Sam Lautner. Nope. Nope, that's Sam Whitworth. It is. Give me two seconds. Matt Lanter. Well. Uh, yeah. Love, love, love. Darth Vader in this show. I think the only thing I haven't enjoyed from Darth Vader, uh, in terms of, like, the body acting in the suit, is in episode three when he lights the fire with his lightsaber before dragging Kenobi into it. That's and it's only because he had to slightly bend over to reach it, and it just it ruined like that that mental image you have of like Vader taking that villainous pose, but then he breaks it briefly to like. Uses lightsaber to 
light the fire. I haven't. It's been so long since I watched those episodes. Like I, I, I cannot add to this. <laughs> it was so. It sticks out in my mind because I was just like, "What? Vader wouldn't have bent over like that. He would have had a stormtrooper shoot the, or he would have just used the force to make one of the blasters fire at it and ignite the fire, or just been cool and touched it with his lightsaber." Yeah, really loved Darth Vader in this episode. Outshone Reva like nothing. Grand Inquisitor being alive, like... Also, I I understand that he doesn't look the part, but the actor for Grand Inquisitor, I am... The more we see him play the character, the more I'm okay with him playing the character. Like Yeah, he, Rupert Friend is good, is it? He's got, like, that sophisticated British accent yeah. that he brings to it. But... I do agree. He doesn't quite look the part of that particular species. I can't remember. I thought I had looked this up. Now, what I don't know is if that, if, if, I can't remember the species name. I think they're the Palawan. But I don't know if, like, as a species, they just have tall, narrow heads. Or if that was just the one or two we saw on screen up close in Revenge of the Sith. I'm kind of mad they didn't get Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs would have been an amazing, he would amazing have been, He would have been great. He would have been fantastic. Ugh. Why would they not just get Jason Isaacs? What's interesting is they didn't get the voice actor from Rebels to do it. Jason Isaacs. Oh, he was the voice actor? Yes. Oh, Jason Isaacs is the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, and they didn't get him for the show. Which is weird, because they got the voice actor for Bane, for mm-hmm. Bane and Boba Fett. They, they've reused all the voice actors for the live action so far. I mean, except... Except for the characters that are previously established by the prequel movies. I mean, Ahsoka was not the same actor. Okay. What, what other animated right. characters have we seen in live action? Uh, they have Darth Maul. Was ended ended up being voiced by Sam Witwer, but still acted by, by Ray uh, Ray Park. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh, yeah. See. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking. Literally, about Ahsoka, and so so Sam Witwer and Ray Park. Who together are uh, Darth, Maul. Darth Maul. And then Rosario Dawson is not Ashley Eckstein, I think is her name. Who? Sounds. Back right. to the Google. <laughs> That's her. What does he got for me, Steven? Reva's reveal when she and Obi Wan are talking through the door. What did you think? Meh. I thought it was unearned. Mm-hmm. This is where I want to bring up Zuko in Avatar. Okay. Because he was a villain who had a really good redemption arc. Was he ever a villain? Yes. <laughs> yes. He attacked a defenseless village unprovoked in the first episode. That's Did a villain. Did he attack anyone unprovoked? Sokka yelled sneak attack. Like, they, <laughs> there was no... 
Welcome to our Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, where we talk exclusively about the movie The Last Airbender, directed by Hamalama Shamalama. Oh, M. Night Shamalama Sama Sensei? M. Night Shamalama Ding Dong. Okay. Yeah, it's like Zuko had three seasons to do his redemption arc, which is great because you have time. Beautiful. You have time to develop him as a villain for him to hit, really do some really bad stuff. Then hit a low as he loses his way and is like, what am I even doing? And then he sees the light, he finds a moral compass, and he be- joins the good guys. Hey, Reva, here. <laughs> Reva started out episodes one through four. She is a complete villain. And if you're not thinking like she might have been that one youngling in that opening scene episode one then you have absolutely no reason to believe that she's going to flip sides because they've dropped no hints whatsoever. Yeah. And then in this episode, it's just suddenly like, oh, you were a youngling. That's how you know who Anakin is. You're hunting him. You're not really an Inquisitor. You're just using them to get close to him. Oh, you're really a good guy. You've just lost your way, and you don't know how to fight Vader while still retaining your Jedi. Yeah, let's not forget she was about to torture a child. Yeah. Like, so, child torture is a line that you don't cross. Right. <laughs> so it, it made her, the reveal, feel very unearned to me. And I was just like, mm, it's not how you redeem. And, like, I like that they're doing, like, the redeemed villain. Because it works. And when they're done well, it's really, really good. And you get great characters like Zuko. Or... but. Or I don't give me another example. Tsuko. A redeemed villain. Jet. Uh, yeah, I guess. When he dies, you cry. I don't it doesn't know if you don't know if he's dead or not. It's, oh he's dead. It's left ambiguous. But he wasn't lying. Ugh <laughs> The tears. Uh Lake Lao guy. That, that episode was intense. Anyway, we're it not was. here to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, we're going to do a different podcast for that. No, we will uh, We'll dig deeper into the whole Zuko versus Reva and how terrible her redemption arc is. Again. Oh, yeah. We're into a character it, spotlight. We're kind of digging really, into that. Yeah, so that whole like conversation really felt like it just was out of the blue. And it was only there to move the story along. It was a good lesson in... If you're going to do exposition, do it through characters. Yes. But it was a really terrible way to do that, and, given and the circumstance. I think it really comes down to the fact that they are doing an entire season in six episodes. And it really should have been a 16-episode season where we see Reva develop in every single episode. I don't know. Because all the way up until that conversation, she's a villain trying to kill the rebels, trying to capture Kenobi and deliver him to Vader, and like showing up on the doorstep with a platoon of stormtroopers with heavy armaments shooting down the door is just like... And then going from that to just straight up like, oh, you're hunting Vader because he wronged you as a child and killed all your friends. We yeah, can be friends it was kind of it was a little cheesy when she's like, "My friends are dead." 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, you know how many people this person has killed outright? She chopped off that one innocent in lady's cold hand blood. from Tatooine. Like, she's so evil. She really is. Oh, that was something else I noticed. Is that Reva's character seems to be very inconsistent. She'll do what the plot needs her to do. Because with Owen, she needed to be a villain. An evil villain. So with Owen in that first episode, she's pointing her lightsaber at him and just like, tell me where the Jedi is when this man and his family dies. And she's trying to coerce the people around her to tell her what she wants. And she's threatening violence to get it. But then with uh, Haja in episode two, he's like, I'm not telling you where, they're, where, where they went. And she's like, I don't need you to. And then just force reads his mind. And he's like, thanks for the information. And then walks off. So, Owen, tell me where the Jedi is. Well, I'm not going to. It's okay, I don't need you to. Sticks hand in face, like, thanks for the info. And then goes to his home to get Luke. And we can skip the whole season. And the original trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You have Vader's son? Oh! This is way more than what I was originally planning to do to Vader. So, I just... Her character just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Well, I should say, the writing gets worse and worse. Um... Other than all the major flaws we talked about, it was a good episode. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was kind of weird that <laughs> when they arrive on the planet, they arrive through hyperspace, and then they land their ship. And then when they take off, they take off in the ship that has the broken hyperdrive, not the ship they landed in that has a working hyperdrive. Whoopsie daisy. And then I was like, wait a second. If you have two cars and one of them has a bad engine, drive the car with a good engine. So it just, it, it struck me as odd that that ended up being a problem that they had to contend with starting episode six. Because it was a problem they could have easily fixed. Or just avoided, not even fixed, just straight up avoided. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got for today. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode. About episode 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus original series. Um, you can reach us with questions, comments, and concerns, or if you're our Washington listener, at uh, relations at gmail.com. That's all we got for this week. Uh, I have been Josiah. He has been Steven. I am Steven, indeed. He is, has been, and will be Stephen. And we will pick up next week with episode six. Adios. Alrighty. Adios. Alrighty.